ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Right, Cameron Green gets in the gap, gets to the boundary for a century he will remember. His first T20 hundred, it's come up only 47 balls. That was Cam Green shifting some tectonic plates in the Indian Premier League. The IPL's a massive deal, but be honest now, how much attention are you really paying to it? For most Australians, owing to the middle of the night time zone, it's the great ignored tournament. If cricketing brilliance occurs and we don't see it, did it really happen? Well, the best domestic white ball cricket tournament on the planet will conclude this weekend, and a handful of Australians have played a central role in shaping this season. Some of our biggest names have also faced previously unseen levels of scrutiny. Today, we're going to get you across it all. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Merrily Meadows is the host of the IPL coverage for Star Sport India. She is deep in the hustle and bustle of the world's most cricketing mad nation. Narrowly, the IPL is back in non-bubble format, and while we in Australia sleep through the bulk of it, you are living it. First off, can you just paint us a picture for what the atmosphere and experience is like? Yes, I can, and hopefully it's not too noisy for you here at... uh... Bangalore Airport, which is where I am at the moment. It's been an unbelievable experience for me. It's my fourth IPL, but it's the first time that I've done it outside a bubble, as you say. And to be able to travel around, go out to restaurants, actually catch up with the players for a beer and a dinner occasionally has been absolutely phenomenal. But I've got to say, it's the crowds that have made this one so special. It's the first proper home and away IPL in four years and you know in Australia how much Indians love cricket but just times that by 10 and then you'll start to get an idea of it. For example when MS Dhoni plays at Chennai it's like nothing else I've ever experienced in world sport and I've covered quite a few events now. He's in strike, that's where the chairs are for. Can you imagine being born here? Even Aaron Finch, T20 World Cup winning captain who's been part of the broadcast, he emotionally said that's one of the most incredible experiences he's ever had witnessing MS Dhoni go out to bat in Chennai. It's been the same for the last 15 years and every time it happens, it still surprises you. It is unbelievable the feeling you get at the ground when MS Dhoni is there is just something different and needs to be experienced in your lifetime if you're a cricket fan. It's unbelievable. It's like a pantomime. They basically, the home crowd cheers wickets hoping for MS Dhoni to come out to bat. How does it feel when people are celebrating you walking off? But that's not true. They're celebrating somebody else coming in. But it's not a great feeling anyway. It's insane. They've, they've booed sixes from other batters because MS Dhoni's stuck at the non-striker's end. It's like nothing else I've ever witnessed, um, and it's been a huge amount of fun. Let's get into how the Australians have travelled. I want No, I need to start with Cam Green. He broke records when he was recruited to the Mumbai Indians. Are they finding the young Australian was worth the financial outlay? Utterly astonishing what he did on the weekend, Stacky. They needed to win to make it through, and then they needed to wait on another result, which was Virat Kohli's uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore to lose. That ended up happening. So Cameron Green hit the winning runs, which also brought up his maiden T20 century at the home ground of the Mumbai Indians at the Wankhede. Right, Cameron Green gets in the gap, gets to the 
Indians winning by eight wickets with two overs could well be a coming of age innings for Cameron Green. Immediate cult hero status. He's just a kid still, let's be honest. He's 23 years of age, about to be 24, if my maths is correct. What he's doing at the moment is just phenomenal. Remember, he wasn't even a part of the original T20 World Cup squad for Australia last year. So to do what he is doing at one of the biggest franchises, the most successful franchise in domestic world cricket, is phenomenal and to do it under the pressure that they had to win that game was brilliant. Rohit Sharma is his skipper. He was overwhelmingly happy for Cameron Green. This guy is such an incredible talent. He started a little slowly for the season, started just a couple of games to get into it. From there though, he started playing the role at number three and he's just done it with a plum. And then as I say, on the weekend, just a stunning maiden T20 ton under the circumstances. If Green is an emerging star, let's touch on an established one who's having somewhat of a renaissance. Glenn Maxwell is thriving. When he broke his leg at a 50th this summer, some wondered whether he'd be back playing at all. Now he's been able to turn it around and perform at a crazy level for this tournament. How's he done it? It actually gets me quite emotional, Stacky, because he's a great mate of mine and I went and visited him in hospital just after he broke his leg and to see where he was in November last year compared to where he is now, credit to him and also to all the medical staff that have helped him. But he was playing in pain. I did an exclusive interview with him on Star Sports throughout this tournament and he said, I'm still playing in pain. I I'm still restricted. I can't physically you know, do everything that, that I want to be able to do. And yet he kept bringing up 50 after 50 after 50 at a brilliant strike rate as well. Maxwell, the very best of Maxwell. How do you play a shot like that? Maybe if we talk to him, we'll ask him. It's extraordinary batting, and it's an extraordinary 50. He was so integral to RCB's hopes. Unfortunately, though, in the match where it counted, he was out cheaply. Unfortunately, they didn't make it through in the end. They were just beaten. So he won't be a part of the playoff. He's off to the UK now. So he, um, he's he been brilliant, though, and for Australia, which obviously all of your listeners, is that's what they care about, is that it's fantastic news ahead of the, the one-day World Cup, which will be in India in a, a few months' time. As we say, Glenn Maxwell's thriving. Other big-name Australians have had a level of scrutiny we haven't always seen. Ricky Ponting's one of the best brains in world cricket, but he's been under pressure at times during this tournament. Why is that narrowly? He's the coach of the Delhi Capitals and they had a really poor start. They lost five in a row and they ended up being knocked out of the qualification scenario quite early. And uh, Delhi Capitals, uh, where do they go from here, Natalie? Still uh, to get off the mark. David Warner is also the captain of the Delhi Capitals. So they've been under a fire a little bit. It's a hugely competitive environment over here and the owners have a lot more say in things than what you would expect in, for example, an Australian scenario. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. Obviously, he has an incredible reputation and he's led them to a final before, but this year was not the Delhi Capitals year. And as I mentioned, David Warner as well, he was under fire a little bit early because even though he was bringing up quite a few 50s, he was doing it at a pretty poor strike rate. So much responsibility on the shoulders of David Warner who, yes, has scored runs through the season but strike rate's been an issue but just looks like a batting side at the moment that is completely devoid of confidence. 
they really require to be at a strike rate of 150 plus, which sounds insane, right? But we've had more 200 plus scores before, more centurions than ever before. So it's um, to, to be going early days at around 110, 115 strike rate. He got that up towards 130, 135 towards the end, but still under pressure. So we've touched on Green, Maxwell, Ponting and Warner. I think Australians often look at these IPL fixtures through the lens of what it might mean for Australian fixtures. Can you tell us about what you've seen from some of this nation's white ball cricketers that should give us a level of hope ahead of the ODI World Cup that's going to be held in India later this year? Yeah, well, we've already mentioned a few of them, haven't we? I think Glenn Maxwell getting some form under his belt after the broken leg is huge. Cameron Green is an emerging superstar. Um, he might already be a superstar, let's be honest, with what he's put together in the last 12 months or so. Uh, the others that have been involved, Jason Berendorf's been pretty good for the Mumbai Indians, particularly in the power play. Nice, gone. Berendorf strikes in the power play again. Three wickets last game. And a big one of Harik Pandya. But then from a other perspective, Tim David has, has done a lot for the Mumbai Indians when they've been under the pressure, hit some big sixes and some big winning moments. Guess this one. The best of Tim David. Tim David finds the middle of the bat. And he's just beginning to find his form now. 13 from seven. So he's another one. Marcus Stoinis is still involved in the qualification scenario as well. So he's had his moments for the Lucknow Supergiants. Um, he'll be playing in that knockout game up against the Mumbai Indians. He's had some real quality match-winning moments, and we've seen him at his very best. And there's even talk over here whether or not he should be opening for that franchise um, with the injury to KL Rahul. But, yeah, we've seen some good Aussie performances this year, which is great news, as you say, for that one-day World Cup in, in a few months' time. Nearly. Thanks so much for taking us inside the utterly crazy world of the IPL in India. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, Stacky. Headlines. If you caught part one of the Israel Folau documentary last week, you'll know the 34-year-old can divide opinion, let's say. That theme has continued with the former Wallaby selected by ex-All Blacks coach Ian Hansen for the World Rugby 15, who will take on the famous invitational side, the Barbarians, at Twickenham. As chance would have it, those barbarians being coached by Eddie Jones on this occasion. England rugby's governing body, the RFU, has reacted to the news by announcing it will raise a pride flag at the famous ground during the game. In case you were wondering, part two of the Flower documentary airs on Thursday. You can catch it on ABC TV or iview. Seven men have been arrested in Spain over separate racist incidents against Real Madrid player Vinicius Jr., Maybe the most concerning incident involved an effigy dressed as the Brazilian winger hung from a bridge in front of Rail's training ground with a banner in the colours of their Madrid rival Atletico reading Madrid hates Real. Just grim. In basketball, Boston is not quite done in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum scored 33 points as the Celtics beat Miami by 17. They trail the Heat 1-3 in the best-of-seven-game series as the action moves back to Boston for Game 5. Meanwhile, Nikola Jokic and Denver quietly waiting in the finals, hoping both sides just wear each other out. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.